So as we were preparing for the JT and Looney podcast, episode 18, JT in Vegas, Looney in L.A., who walks in the studio in Vegas to say hi to his old friend JT the Brick? Oh, nothing. The big diesel, the big Aristotle. How about this? Shaquille O'Neal joins us. Shaq, thanks a lot for coming in. I appreciate it. Anything for you, Mr. Brick? Well over 25 years ago, I interviewed you at the All-Star Cafe when it opened up. That was me back in the day. And I want to just add, you've always loved Vegas. Coming in as a player, coming in in the offseason with your kids. Tell me about the connection you have with Vegas. Vegas, of course, is a a beautiful city as well. I have five, six restaurants here. Just open up one big chicken. Right across from the Hard Rock, check it out if you can. And the uh, Paris Hotel, also have Hex, Alexa, Beer Park, own a club, Chateau. So I have a lot of business here, a lot of friends, a lot of family here. also live here. I live in uh, Henderson. So uh, it's, it's uh, you know, been a great city. Got to ask you about your business now. You're everywhere. Who is your mentor when it comes to business? My mentor would be right now Jeff Bezos because I've uh, – I've been watching him for a while. Uh, I finally got to meet him. He, they had this robotic conference. I met him, and some of his his, his wisdom, some of his, his thoughts that he were, he were throwing around, were very very provocative. And I can remember him saying a couple of years ago, "If you invest in things that are going to change people's lives, you always have a, a very very successful investment." For example, I invested in, in 40 24 hour fitnesses. Everybody likes to work out, right? Bam, I invested in my own shoe line that's affordable for kids, right? I want to give kids, you know, a, a great-looking shoes, but at a, you know, affordable price. I invested in sunglasses. I, I, I invested with JCPenney suits for guys like me and you, big and tall. Because for a long time, they gave big and tall people, they gave us the plain stuff. But right. we want to we wanna wear the pinstripes and, and, and all the flowered shirts. You know, we want to do all that stuff. So since I've been doing that, it's been... It's been, you know, pretty good for me. What does Ernie Johnson mean to you? I love Ernie you. Johnson went with him. is the best guy in the world, and I, I totally mean it. I, I told Ernie that he's 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 wonderful. I remember when in, in high school, and I got a call from my high school principal, said Ernie Johnson wants to come interview. When he came to my house, there's three people that that made me believe in who I am. Mom and Dad. When Dick Vitale said my name, I was like, wow. When Ernie Johnson came to my house in San Antonio and interviewed me and then put it on the uh, you know NBA show right between games, I knew then that all the stuff that, p- that people were saying was true about me because at that time, I didn't believe it. Like, you know, you read articles that he's good, but in my mind, I would see guys like Alonzo and Christian Leighton, and I'm like, I'm not really that good yet. My son is right there. And my son, he's a good-looking good dude. He went to Bishop Gorman High School. Now he's going to Oklahoma this fall. Please look at him and please give him the right advice. I'm not going to look at him because he he can see me. I will tell your son, because of my dad and my mom, I made an S-load amount of money. S-load. More than I would even imagine. When When I was coming out, my dream was to make $8 million for 10 years. I done passed that times 200 just by listening to my dad and my mom. So, young man, you got a dad. He's a hard worker. I know he's on you. That's his job to be on you. He wants you to be successful, and you will be successful, but you got to listen to him. When you're successful, he's going to love you. When you're not successful, he's going to love you. He's going to always be there for you. So I'm not the smartest guy. I didn't make a 
a, you know, a high number on the SAT or the ACT, but my dad put a program for me. I did it, and I'm not talking sports. I'm talking business. He said, forget sports, buddy. Go to school. Get a master's in business. Get a doctorate and, you know, do stuff like that. So that's my advice to all kids out there. Make sure you listen to your mom and dad. Your message to the Raider Nation from Oakland as they come to Vegas. I cannot give you a message because I am a Cowboys fan. I don't want to be disrespectful to my Cowboys, but good luck, except against Cowboys. Cowboys, yes. From the time you were a little boy. Yes. Definition of a true fan. I don't. Thank you. I don't. I don't flip flop. Kudos to the Powers to actually pull it off. Uh, the next big thing. I'm, I'm sure they're looking to bring an NBA team here, and I, I wish everybody well. Thank you so much for doing this. Shout the shack. out to my good friend Dana White, and uh, shout out to you guys. Hey, right. thank you for coming in. This no means a lot. Congrats on your podcast, yes. the JT and Looney Podcast. Three, two, one. Episode eighteen. Wow, finally we can get back together on the JT and Looney podcast because we believe all of the NBA rosters are set for the 2019-2020 season. Tom, what an NBA free agent frenzy. How you been? Oh my God, it's been so much fun. And how about the NBA, Tom? As we get this close, you can't see my fingers, but we are this close to the NFL season. And what is everybody talking about, especially in sports talk radio and sports talk TV, and especially in the blogosphere and on Twitter. And that is the NBA. It's unbelievable. The NBA has now completely dominated the NFL offseason because as we record this podcast, Summer League's wrapping up. Russell Westbrook will get to the trade to Houston, but the NFL is in complete shutdown from the beginning July 4th through about the third week of July before they get ready for training camp. So they go on hiatus. And as long as someone doesn't get arrested in a nightclub, doing something, some crazy talk of an arrest or holdout, they really shut down the league. And the NBA has pounced. They've seen the opportunity to jump all in. So the NBA goes from the finals right into free agency, the draft. The draft is sandwiched right in between that. And then where I am in Vegas, NBA Summer League, which is a really big deal. and then trades now all of a sudden so congratulations Tom to Adam Silver if this was his plan or David Stern's plan before that but they are the number one sport now when it comes to dominating their offseason bravo I don't ever remember even this NBA summer league being this big I know it's kind of percolated this century I don't know when the NBA summer league even started if they've always had it but we've got people doing their talk shows live from Vegas, live from Summer League, Summer League games on television, uh, involving mostly a bunch of guys that people haven't seen, but it's, I guess it's so we can see superstars sitting there in suits watching the games. How's it been? You've been going to the games. Yeah, I've been going to the games. I've been doing some radio from there and talking to some people, Warren Legary, who's the founder of it, along with Albert Hall. Remember, since last time we talked on the JT and Looney podcast, I've been to two earthquakes, one of them at Summer League in Vegas, the night that Zion Williamson launched. I showed up and I sat there on media row. And other than a big fight that we've been fortunate to be with, Tom, I don't remember a media row being so crowded where there was no seating. We were standing in overflow standing room underneath the basket, behind the basket, to watch Zion warm up. And he bruised his knee in that game. He didn't play much, but he had a couple of dunks and a couple of cool plays. But then the scoreboard started to shake. 
and they stopped the summer league game, and they also stopped Zion from playing again because he had a bruised knee. And the big takeaway story from summer league is in the future, are owners going to let their franchise young rookie superstar play in summer league and risk the chance of them getting hurt? And I hope that's not the case. Oh, my God, because of what, no matter whether, it's, whether or not someone wants to remain healthy to become a pro or remain healthy to go to the playoffs or remain healthy, dot, dot, dot. God, nobody wants to play anymore. <laughs> no one can play anymore unless it's playoffs or the real thing. Athletes are finding more and more excuses not to play. And it begs me the question, though, first things first, you're talking about the scoreboard shaking in Vegas. Was it really the earthquake or was it because over the last several months, Zion Williamson is starting to resemble Prince Fielder? Zion is fat. The last I <laughs> yes. saw him, he was not overweight. The only guy who really talked about it was Seth Greenberg from ESPN. He went on a deep dive during the broadcast about the fact that he was out of shape, and he made a really good point that Zion didn't have to work out in the offseason. He didn't have to work out for teams, correct? Right. He was going number one. Once the ping pong ball bounced to New Orleans and they got the envelope and he wasn't going to the Knicks or the Lakers, there wasn't a chance that he was going to work out. New Orleans was going to take him, and he went on a – publicity tour and he's eating and he's just <laughs> thick thick around the buttocks and the upper legs and he wasn't in shape but the way he elevates and gets off the ground is close to another guy we'll be talking about Russell Westbrook in a little bit uh, Zion's going to be fine he's the face of the franchise he saved New Orleans as we talked about if Zion doesn't end up in New Orleans I think New Orleans is in Vegas in the next couple of years, because I think everybody loses interest. He's going to save that franchise for six or seven years. And I hope he stays healthy. I expect him to be in shape and he will be the new young face of the NBA. And I think that's a good thing. He's a good ambassador for the sport. Yeah. It's tough to say whether or not in certain markets, anybody can save a franchise or save a team, whether it's Buffalo or New Orleans or Jacksonville, there's Oklahoma city. There's certain places where, and I think New Orleans is most survivable in terms of keeping their teams because people love New Orleans. And it's not the worst place to have to go as a rookie because it's such a fun place to go and live. It's such a different city from the rest of the country. So if you're unfamiliar with it and you get there, it's like, wow, how many French Spanish cities do we really have that are that French and that Spanish? in the United States and that European feeling and looking the anarchy of the partying all night and, and the great food, which seems like Zion's really going to love. So I think if he can take that city by storm, you're right. That franchise will be settled there for quite a number of years. Can we get back to breaking down NBA free agency instead of a taste of New Orleans a <laughs> sure. guide on travel channel on why New Orleans is so good. So let's uh, jump, let's jump right in because you're in Los Angeles, and when the Kawhi Leonard deal went down, it was fascinating to me. And we can spend – we could break this up into two separate podcasts, but I want to go all in on one because no one knew. No one knew where Kawhi was going to go. Was he going to stay in Toronto for more money? Was he going to go to the Lakers, where a lot of people thought would be a good fit if he wanted to win and continue a legacy of winning and playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis or the Clippers? And – I kicked myself because I had the Clippers the entire time. Yeah, you didn't. Thought, well, just I like did. when you pick, you make a Super Bowl pick, you don't change it like I always do. <laughs> you 
stuck with the Clippers. You didn't put your wet your finger and put it to the wind like every other so-called insider and journalist, etc. You stuck with it. Congratulations. Until the t- final 10 seconds when I was on a radio show and I heard the music and I felt like I had to say something bombastic going to break as we do that in radio. Right. We go to break and we have to say something so it'll be memorable. And I said, you know, it's the Clippers, but I have a feeling because he's waiting to the last second, it'll probably be Toronto. If I just would have let the music take me out to break, as we say, <laughs> I would have been perfect. So I was kind of in between, but here's why I like the well, Clippers. Wait a deal. minute. So you did what every other insider yes. did. You ended up picking every team. Yeah, I ended up picking <laughs> Toronto. I didn't have the Lakers. I never oh, thought you didn't. the Lakers. Well, good for you because everyone else picked all three just to be safe. Never once went with the Lakers, and I love the reason why he went with the Clippers. I said, Steve Ballmer, the richest owner in all of sports, number one. Doc Rivers, a championship coach. Yep. The fact that he would have the team to himself. My thing was Kawhi's kind of a quiet, keep-to-himself guy. So I thought that Kawhi, when it was all said and done, would want to be the leader, the alpha dog, like he was in Toronto, on a team, and he could never accomplish that with the Lakers. So the Clippers would be the great fit. But no one, and I mean from Adrian Wojnarowski to Rich Paul, the most powerful agent in all of the NBA, nobody had the deal done with Paul George going. And that's where we'll jump in. Is that possibly, Tom, in the future, from here on out, in order to make a move for a free agent, maybe the general manager or the consultant like Jerry West has to do a side deal, a trade, to make the free agent happy so the free agent can come with another superstar with a blockbuster deal. That's what Jerry West, Balmer, Doc, Lawrence Frank pulled off in Doc's living room in his Malibu mansion. And give him credit. It was a tremendous shakeup move. God, give him credit, too. He was of all three teams. He was the only one, Doc Rivers, who did the pitch in a home. And that, uh, you know, that's that's a better feel for an athlete when you invite him to your home rather than a stale Marriott, which Toronto did and the L.A. Lakers did surprisingly. You know, Jeannie lives in Playa del Rey right on the beach. She could have done it right there. It's too bad. And so that's what I'm hearing. The homey atmosphere at Doc's house in Malibu on the beach next to Ryan O'Neal with the big Andy Warhol fair faucet hanging on the wall. So. Uh, congratulations to the Clippers for that. It's so amazing that they were able to pull that off because, you know, in during any off season, during the regular season, people just until really the last several years when they at one point had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and it was such an amazing, uh, fun show to watch. People don't talk about the Clippers. And I was really surprised that that's where he chose to go. But it is more his personality. Uh, it's under Clippers are under the radar. And Kawhi Leonard's a Kaiser Soche type of character from the usual suspects, where uh, he is in the NBA, we hear, but he's always been, been on under the radar teams like the Spurs and the Raptors. And he's had an under the radar personality. So if you want to stay under the radar in LA and play basketball, you don't go to the Lakers, you go to the Clippers. And I really like the Clippers roster now because they have three players that averaged over 20 points a game, two over 25. So they bring in Paul George, 28 points a game. Kawhi comes over with 26.6. Lou Williams, 
the king of coming off the bench, 20. And Patrick Beverly, one of the great success stories, a guy who had to leave the league, go overseas to play. He averages eight a game. And then Montrez Harrell averages 16.6 and is getting better and better. And they have a bench. They have a really good team now. So we're going to talk about the depth of the two teams in Los Angeles and what they were able to do. But back to Kawhi. I think that we got to spend some time on the amount of people who didn't have the information. There were a couple of NBA insiders or so-called NBA insiders. We can spend no the rest problem. of the show on that. The rest of yeah. the podcast. Oh. I, I thought it was a really big embarrassing moment in NBA insider history. And maybe it's the tipping point where we jump off and there's no longer NBA insiders because Adrian Wojnarowski Woj did the best reporting I've seen and what he does is he gets a lead. He has an idea of where a player is going to go. And if he's very confident, he'll lean heavy with that, but he never guarantees it. He never acts like a circus clown and says 99% or the Clippers are out. I'm hearing this. What he does is he just reports. And then at the end, he has the courtesy, the agents, the agents come to him and say it's official, go with it. And then we get what's called a Woj bomb, or as my kids call it, a Woj Hiroshima, a Woj Nagasaki, a Woj test site, whatever it is, kids talk about it. He drops the bomb, and then he just reports on it. And then everybody else reacts to what Woj said. But along the way, Hmm. for the talking heads that had to put on makeup and sit on debate shows, and tell you what they knew about their sources. They didn't have any sources. Bartenders in Santa Monica, cleaning crews in Milwaukee, guys who parked cars, valet at hotels in New York City, had just as many sources as some of these frauds who were getting paychecks, radio and TV shows talking about how they're hearing this. They didn't hear shit. They were embarrassed. They were mocked. They deserved it. And they should lose any type of status as an NBA insider because it was an utter failure. Well, it is, uh, you know, if they're in the opinion business and they're supposed to make make opinion or call a shot, that's one thing. But you don't have to couch it by saying sources or you're 99% hearing like Jalen Rose. What does that even mean? I'm 99% hearing that uh, that, uh, <laughs> that this guy's going this way, way or that guy's going that way or I'm 99% hearing that Kawhi Leonard's going back to Toronto. It's, um, it's a strange and, and I've always stuck up for Jalen Rose and Michael Strahan because they cut their teeth on the best damn sports show, period. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they went to George Greenberg, big muckety muck back in the day at Fox and said, I'd like to make a career out of this. And even though I'm still playing, I'd like to be on as much as possible. And look what that's, that's paid off for Jalen Rose and Michael Strahan. So I've always cheered for them. But you know, when it gets back to it, you know, there are these, these jocks on the air, which people have a fascination with putting jocks on the air. Can someone else host $100,000 Pyramid, please? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if they had Richard Simmons coach the New York Giants? I mean, how about so, having a, t- a TV person host the $100,000 pyramid? But I digress. I, there's so many other insiders and people from radio and television who, and journalists who grew up getting journalist degrees and really real radio and television people that were worried about being wrong and made fools out of themselves. The soundbite that will live in infamy is I'm hearing the Clippers are out. Really? Okay, let's stop for a second. The Clippers are out. One percent. First of all, in order for you to have a source or to hear the Clippers are out, you have to be talking directly to Jerry bleeping West. 
who we've talked about in the past, and to his credit on this deal, this is the crowning moment for Jerry West with everything he's done from the Warriors to Memphis to the Lakers as a player. No, I really do. I think that this was the move. Consultants don't do anything, JT. And from everything I'm hearing, it's Lawrence Frank, and it was Doc Rivers who really ended up sealing this deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do consultants do? He sits in an apartment and, and Milwaukee, it sounds like a good idea. I, I think he's getting too much credit, but go ahead. I couldn't disagree with you more. I think that Jerry West being the logo, one of the great players of all time, still in his 80s, has a lot of gravitas with these players. When I was at Summer League, after the deal went down, LeBron James and Anthony Davis walked up to Jerry West, who was sitting down. They leaned over to him. They talked to him, you know, covering their mouths. It was like these young, iconic super brands were saying to Jerry West, wow, you beat everybody on that deal. But what Jerry West did in the deal is he consulted Steve Ballmer, the richest owner in sports. And if Steve Ballmer would have looked at him and said, Jerry, do you like it? Are we going to blow up our franchise? Are we going to be dead for years to come when I want a new arena? And if Jerry would have said, yeah, stay away from this deal. Let's keep doing what you're doing. Then I think Ballmer would have listened to him. But once Wes saw this deal and Lawrence Frank and Doc, and they were all able to put it together with Kawhi's camp, it made a lot of sense. And, and the deal happened, and it's one of the great deals of all time. And there is just a trail of just people on the sideline going, How did we not see this happening? How did this come together? And it came together because they realized they couldn't get Kawhi without bringing another player. They had draft assets. They had picks and players that they could move. Oh, and how about this, Tom? How about Oklahoma City saying, yeah, screw our fans. We'll let you have Paul George, and we'll take whatever back in return. If Sam Presti of Oklahoma City says, not interested, and hangs up the phone, we're not talking about this on the JT and Louie podcast. Well, yeah, that, that's one thing on the plate. There, you put a lot on on the table. So let's go. Let's start at the beginning with Jerry West. What consultant would be worth his weight in salt if he didn't say this? Is this okay? You got Doc, you got the owner of the Clippers and Steve Ballmer, you got Lawrence Frank out at the house in Malibu, and Jerry's on a speakerphone from his condo in Marina del Rey saying, "Yeah." Kawhi Leonard sounds like a good idea. Uh, Why did Jerry, a a consultant says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So because Jerry West said, yeah, Kawhi Leonard sounds like a good idea. He should get all the credit for the guys on the ground who were doing all the work. So that's, this, this is what happens when, and it happened with the Kawhi Leonard story in general, with these insiders we're making fun of. And there's several in particular that come with, uh, come up with ideas and they turn ideas like, let's say, for example, LeBron James interested in playing in Philadelphia. That was an idea. It was never true. It became a story. And when ideas become stories, that's when you get some bullshit stories like uh, all that we had so many of with Kawhi Leonard. This is another idea. Jerry West is the genius behind this that has become a story. And Jerry West will be happy to take the credit. But let's give the guys on the ground who did all the work, like Doc Rivers, who opened up his home and is very impressive compared to who's coaching the Lakers. Who, what, what, what coach did any coach sit down uh, with Kawhi Leonard? Frank Vogel was not in a meeting. No, Frank right. Vogel, I believe, yeah. was not the guy who was going to close the, most the deal. That's a good point. Hardcore NBA fans in the country currently have to Google who the coach is for the LA Lakers. And not only that, 
<laughs> as I as I as I compare many times the Cleveland Browns to the LA Clippers, because people mm-hmm. are getting way too excited about a franchise that's been a joke in the Clippers. They finally put lipstick on their pig franchise in LA. But who is the coach of the Cleveland Browns this year? Isn't he another but and then Frank Vogel's not a rookie, but the Cleveland Browns also look good on paper compared to the Clippers. And who knows if their coach is going to be any good because he's green banana who's never coached in, in the NFL. So there's a lot of great comparisons right now between the Cleveland Browns and that hype because they look good on paper and the LA Clippers and their hype because they look good on paper uh, for the first time mm-hmm. since Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. But as a franchise, you know, they've been a joke and we'll see if we'll see if Kawhi can uh, change the image and change the reputation of the Clippers. Good luck with that. Yeah, it almost feels like when you were a young boy, Toots, your mom gave Jerry West 200 grand to get you into USC and it didn't work out. <laughs> so you've been ripping on Jerry West ever since. Like he stole 200 grand from you and you thought you were going to go to USC <laughs> film school and well, hang out with George Lucas and Spielberg or something. <laughs> I have watched him take credit over the years for things like the Showtime Lakers, where he wasn't the general manager back then, Bill Sharman was. And so when he is introduced, you know, and he he goes out and gives these speeches for $10,000 a shot around the country, and people introduce him as the architect of the Showtime Lakers, he gets up there and he doesn't remind people that that's not true. Now, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, having gone to Penn State, which I used to say loud and proud, and now I whisper it in hushed tones, Sometimes people will say to me, oh, you went to an Ivy League school. And then I don't correct them because people think that Penn State's an Ivy League school. I never correct them. So I, I suffer from Jerry West syndrome as well. And I'm always careful because I went to Geneseo State and Opie from the famed Opie and Anthony has a podcast. So I make sure that we're not confused. Let, <laughs> let's move on to what the Lakers did. The Lakers... What was fascinating, because the Lakers had to react after Kawhi went to the Clippers. And what I was blown away by is that free agents were signing left and right, but there was a a bunch of free agents that weren't signed because the NBA was waiting on the Kawhi deal. So there were so many good players that were parked, Boogie Cousins, good players that were waiting on offers and they weren't going to get one. So when the Lakers lost out on Kawhi, and I believe that LeBron – LeBron James lost out on Kawhi. If we're going to give the King credit for everything, let's keep it fair. He did not get Kawhi, which is hard to believe that LeBron had a max money spot available. They were fudging the numbers with Anthony Davis. They wanted to have Kawhi there, and he didn't get him. But after Kawhi chose the Clippers, man, the Lakers did a hell of a job building that roster. And uh, I know you've looked at the roster and we'll go through it. The Lakers with some slim pickings left. I think LeBron actually got on the offensive, got on the phone and with Rob Palenka and started to put a roster together that got the re-signing of Rajon Rondo, Danny Green. Now for Danny Green to get 30 million over two years is a bank robbery. 15 million a year for Danny Green, but he's coming off a championship. He was coached under the Spurs and Pop. He can make shots. He's a shot maker that the Lakers are going to need. They have LeBron, Anthony Davis. They bring in Boogie Cousins. Oh, my God. Uh, Bradley, Caldwell Pope, Dudley, Kuzma, and JaVale McGee. I mean, I just named you 10 people on that bench as they're going to figure out their 12. The Lakers are loaded. That is a heck of a roster. I did not think that the Lakers – I thought if they lost Kawhi, 
They wouldn't get another big name. They did. Boogie Cousins isn't a good player. He's a great player. So they have a Twin Towers type guy. And then the rest of the guys said, yeah, sure. Sure, LeBron, I'll sign up. I'll play for the minimum. Let's go after a championship. And people love to talk about chemistry. And a lot of these guys have played together already. Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, and Rajon Rondo on the same team. So they've got chemistry together. LeBron James and the rest of the Lakers have all played together So already. So a lot of them. So there's a lot of guys who are familiar with each other's game compared to the Clippers who are going to go out from day one and really know each other's game really well. And no matter who's on the court or who's resting, the rest of the guys will already have a chemistry together. And, and I keep mentioning this as well. The Lakers, when they, you know, compared to the Clippers, when Paul George isn't a top 10 player and the Lakers, when they take to the court in October, will be the only team in the NBA with two of the top five players starting on their roster with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is another area where an idea or a hope people always hope the Lakers aren't going to do well because they're sick of the Lakers doing well over the. So people uh, pick against the Lakers says, Oh yeah, they'll squeeze into the playoffs. Oh, they'll come in third or fourth in the West because it's what people want to hear and smart talk show hosts and bloggers, et cetera, know how to stir the pot with what people want to hear. People want to hear that it's all Jerry West. Let's tell them it's all Jerry West. People want to hear that the Lakers aren't going to be that great because they blew the Kawhi Leonard deal. Let's stir the pot and tell the people what they want to hear. But it's not going to be true. You're right. This Laker roster is loaded. And whenever, anytime LeBron James or Anthony Davis has to take a night off to rest, (laughs) there's still going to be... A lot of great players who have chemistry on that court. Yeah, they have a really good roster. So they're deep. Uh, The question, and we don't predict injuries on radio and on podcasts because Durant's injury was easy to predict. When Durant was coming back from an injury, it was easy to predict that, you know something, he might get injured again, and he did. And it, it puts him over in Brooklyn with Kyrie on what is a pretty good roster, even though they lost D'Angelo Russell, who moved to the Warriors, and I'll get to that in a second, but we're still a year away from talking about what Brooklyn did as they destroyed the Knicks. They just mocked the Knicks in Brooklyn as the Knicks wanted to have a healthy Durant and a healthy Kyrie. But then we go to the Warriors, and I'll tell you this too. You want to talk about value if you want to bet a team Uh. to win where you can get some odds. The Warriors are going to have Clay Thompson back at 100%. It'll probably be February or March, but he'll be 100%. And he's going to be great. And they're going to have Steph Curry, who's one of the greatest players of all time. They brought in D'Angelo Russell. They signed Kevon Looney to a three-year $15 million deal. Remember I just mentioned that Danny Green's making $15 million a year? Mm-hmm. Looney, Looney is one of the best young big men in the entire game with upside, and he basically gave Steve Kerr and Bob Myers a discount to come back. Oh, nothing, Draymond Green, and then they bring in Willie Cauley-Stein, who's a pure seven-footer who can run the court and defend the cup from the likes of Anthony Davis or Boogie Cousins. He's not as good as them, but he's a body that could get in the way there and force those guys to kick it out for three. As we go through these rosters, Tom, let's not throw dirt on the Warriors with that coaching staff, ownership, moving into their new building. When they get Clay back, and if D'Angelo Russell's playing like an all-star and Steph 
isn't worn down from a heavy load that he's going to have to carry. The Warriors are probably going to be a six seed, maybe a five seed, and they're going to try to peak for the postseason. Yeah, and unlike in the NFL, if you remember when the Cowboys moved into a new building, they never had any home field advantage because they weren't as comfortable in it. Uh, they were uncomfortable in it just like uh, the the teams that were visiting. But in the NBA, there have been times where people, when, when the Lakers moved into a new arena and went from the Forum to Staples Center, they won three championships in a row in their brand new arena. So a lot with basketball, it really doesn't mean as much. So that's not going to be a negative. And when you take a look at the coaching staff, the roster, and in this particular generation, the management and the guys that are running the Golden State Warriors, that's always an important thing to look at. Same with the San Antonio Spurs year in and year out, no matter who's on the roster. Mm -hmm who's coaching and who's running the joint is always really important, which is why the Golden State Warriors will probably have better success than the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, don't sleep on Milwaukee. They have the best record in the NBA. Giannis is clearly back, and they brought back Chris Middleton, which is huge. They gave him a lot of money. He's locked up. He's getting a boatload. Uh, the Lopez brothers, both of them are there. Uh, they have a very good roster. They're well-coached. With Mike Budenhoser, the coach of the year, George Hill, Bledsoe, what they have is clearly, in my mind, the best roster in the Eastern Conference with a wink and a nod to Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. They brought in Al Horford to go along with Tobias Harris. That is a really good roster yeah, fun. in Philadelphia. And Kemba Walker to Boston with Jason Tatum and what they have. I think Boston is going to be sneaky good, even though Danny Ainge was expecting to have multiple rings by now with all the draft equity he had over the last five years. And it looked like Boston was the place where people didn't want to go, Tom. People were more interested. People are more interested in Houston with the Lakers, obviously, the Clippers, maybe other teams, Denver and Utah. I got to get them in. Denver and Utah have really good rosters. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the deepest roster. Roster 1 through 12 in all of basketball is Utah. Not that they have the ability to, I think, win a championship, but man, they're going to cause fits. And then the two superstars, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and what they're building up in Portland. So you're going to love it, Tom Looney, living in Los Angeles, because you're going to be able to go to Staples Center six nights a week to see your Lakers or your Clippers. And the best teams in basketball reside in L.A. Well, yeah, and as I had, you know, and a lot of times everything that comes out of my mouth is a Clipper bash. But I always told you one of the greatest games I ever saw, the greatest game I ever saw live was probably Western Conference Finals 2000, Blazers and Lakers, when Lakers were down by 15 points in the fourth quarter and came roaring back to win that game, win the Western Conference, and go on. Uh, to uh, eventually win the NBA Finals against the Indiana Pacers, you know, with Shaq and Kobe and that comeback. That was a great game, but probably the second greatest basketball game I ever saw in my life at Staples Center was February 28th, 2016, and it was Clippers and the Bobcats. Uh, I don't know if the Bobcats had changed their name to the Hornets yet. It was a few years ago. Final score, 151-150. There was no defense played whatsoever. And Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan were the greatest show on earth. It was amazing. So the Clippers have come back as a franchise to put on some good shows. It's going to be a great, and they have 
You know, I know this drives some people nuts. The Clippers really do a lot of fun things during commercials, JT. They have a gun where they shoot you a T-shirt. And I know that's not brand new, but you know, they'll have people go out and rap and do hip-hop and scream into a microphone and make lots of noise. So it gives you the illusion that you're having a good time just in case you're not and the Clippers aren't winning. So they had to, they had to do a lot of that obfuscation over the years to make you feel like you're having a good time when the Clippers were bad. So they've gotten good at it now that the Clippers are good. Those those misdirection plays and so-called entertainment uh, during commercials. So no matter who's playing that great Laker roster or that great Clipper show that goes on, I'll have a good time at Staples Center. And remember, you talked about the Nuggets. The Nuggets play in the Mile High City. As long as the Nuggets have been in existence, no matter who's on their roster over the years, they win 75% of their home games. Yes. Because their opponents can't breathe <laughs> because they're so high in the air and the nuggets live there. So their players are used to it. And when they have this, this roster that the Denver nuggets have is so good. They're probably going to win 90% of their home games, which means they're going to have a great, great playoff positioning at the end of the year. So they could be a good sleeper team. Yeah, I think Denver or Utah have a chance to yep. be that four seed. I still think it'll be the Lakers and the Clippers, the two power teams there. We'll see what plays out. But I'm so happy that we waited because it's summertime and we want to stay consistent with the JT and Looney podcast. But we wanted to wait to the end of free agency before we produce this one. And wow, was the wait worth it huh. with the breaking news of Russell Westbrook going to Houston. Now, this to me is such an important part of what we're talking about mm -hmm. and that we have to, because this has more legs going forward to me than LeBron, Kawhi, what's happening with KD in Brooklyn, because this could ruin a franchise in Oklahoma City that stole the franchise from the Seattle Sonics. Kevin Durant played for the Sonics because they needed a new arena and they blinked for a second. Politics got in the way of a rich owner who couldn't figure out how to get through a problem. Then a Oklahoma City businessman comes in and pounces on the deal. The NBA approves it. Oklahoma City gets a team with Kevin Durant, then with Harden and Westbrook. And what a brand they have been their entire existence. On any night you put an Oklahoma City game on, if it was Westbrook and Paul George, if it was Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, if it was Durant and Westbrook and, as Harden's gone, they were a great team to watch. They were energetic. They were fun. They always played fast and extremely hard. Were they a flawed team? Well, let me remind everybody. They were up three games to one with Kevin Durant and Westbrook against the famed Warriors team that ended up becoming a dynasty. Clay Thompson went to the Hall of Fame on leading that team back from the dead. We'd be talking about a lock stock guaranteed championship already for Oklahoma city. They didn't get it. And then recently they just traded Paul George who goes to the Clippers and now Russell Westbrook who goes to a rival in Houston. And now the franchise, listen to this. The franchise has eight first round picks that could constitute 15 and they're still having players potentially on the trade block. I have never in any sport in my life as a fan or a member of the media with a wink and a nod to the Herschel Walker deal with Jimmy Johnson, seen a team break down a roster so aggressively and radically to try to, to try to save face. I think Oklahoma city's dead man walking. 
Uh, you know, a couple of things, too, when it comes to that in the Seattle franchise moving to Oklahoma City. As Tropical Storm Barry bears down on Louisiana and uh, surrounding areas, Hurricane Katrina did a lot to give Oklahoma City a franchise because yeah. New Orleans Pelicans had to get out of town when Hurricane Katrina came around and they, New Orleans Hornets at the time, and they went to Oklahoma City and played their games and people filled the arena to watch them. And so, uh, and therefore, the NBA could see this and not worry about the Seattle Supersonics moving to Oklahoma City eventually. So there's an interesting backstory on that, how tragedy led to Oklahoma City getting a franchise. And I, I agree with you that it's kind of odd. You know, no matter who they get in Oklahoma City, it seems like they'll blow it. At one time, people forget this. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook we're on the same team in Oklahoma City. Shouldn't they have won one yeah. or two titles? They couldn't get by Kobe Bryant and the so-called soft Pau Gasol to get to the NBA Finals. No, they couldn't with their three superstars. Couldn't beat the Lakers with their two. So uh, it seems to me, like, are they going to have the right coach in place? Do they have the, the right people in place, the guys in the ties upstairs, to do anything with these future draft picks? And who wants future draft picks? You really want, you know, you've always been a big free agency guy and so have I. You want the good guys today, not these mystery guys who are going to be good in college in the future. And uh, I, yeah, I feel bad for Oklahoma City. And I think you're uh, referring to them as dead men walking is perfect. Here's what just jumps out at me. And I hope everybody agrees with this. And if not, uh, leave a comment or talk to us on Facebook or on Twitter at JT the Brick or at Looney on Fox. What drives me nuts is they didn't have to do these deals. That's right. the key. Remember, New Orleans had to move Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was going to leave with Rich Paul to go play with LeBron. We all knew this. Magic Johnson, I believe, was tampering and got slapped on the wrist as they were trying to do a deal last year to get Anthony Davis. Dell Demps, the one-time GM, said no. We're not doing the deal. We're not going to be bullied by the Lakers. Well, Dell Demps ended up getting fired as the GM of the Pelicans. They brought in David Griffin, who's got great connections around the league, won a championship as the GM with LeBron in Cleveland. So Griffin knew when he came in that they were going to have to move Anthony Davis. So he got three players from the Lakers in a blockbuster deal, two of them being number two picks overall in Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And then another deal. So I can see why New Orleans did the deal with Anthony Davis. They could have told the Lakers, go kick rocks, come to us before the all-star break. But New Orleans would have lost leverage, so they did the deal. Now I look at Oklahoma City. Paul George was under contract for more years. Russell Westbrook had four years left at $170 million. If Sam Presti tells the Clippers, no, we're not going to move Paul George, he likes it here because reports are he did like it in Oklahoma City, he was an MVP candidate, then none of this happened. So I can't believe that Sam Presti decided to move two great players, one maybe the greatest player in franchise in history. In his own conference. Absolutely, to help these other teams out. It, it, Tom, doesn't it feel like Presti had a gun to his head as a deal maker and he had to do a deal when we're sitting here scratching our head going, no, you didn't. You could have told Paul George, no. You could have told Russell Westbrook, sit down. Paul George is here. We have 
George, you, and I'm going to get one more superstar to go along with Steven Adams and the rest of our bench. And maybe we'll shock the world and win a championship. And now they look like a G League team playing pickup club games. It's ridiculous. I can't imagine if you're a general manager, then your best player or your second best player, and Paul George walks in and says, I'd love to play for the Clippers. And I'm a GM. I'm thinking, yeah, I always told Santa Claus I wanted a mini bike for Christmas, but I never got one. Uh, you're too good. We're not letting you go. Uh, there's nothing. That's that's the way it usually goes. I am stunned. You know, and is this, did too many people see how the 76ers tanked and, and, and they, you know, to trust the process, disease going on yes, great in the point. NBA? Is this part of the trust the process virus that's happening in the NBA? And you can't trust the process, I always say, when it comes to, you know, all, all these guys that have been the greatest players in the history of the NCAA, like Jimmer Ferdet and Adam Morrison, and one bust after another because the NBA, college basketball is so much different than the NBA. And so many guys who were the greatest players in the history of college basketball turn around, end up on the Hawks, and we never hear from them again. And so I just, I, I never, of all the drafts, I always think the NBA draft is so overrated because you never know what you're getting. Do you know what Oklahoma City did, everybody? Oklahoma City alone made the Clippers a global franchise and a championship contender because Kawhi doesn't go to the Clippers without Paul George. So if if the, if the Oklahoma City Thunder stopped that deal – the Clippers literally get nothing. I mean nothing. The Clippers are the Knicks. Everybody talks about the Knicks, $70 million in cap space. They get nobody other than Julius Randle. Nothing. So the Clippers would have been in the same boat. And as we talk about Houston, because I'm a big Westbrook fan and a huge James Harden fan, they are a contender with the depth that they have on that team with Tucker and Capella and what they're a really good team. Now I don't like Mike D'Antoni because he can't coach defense. And in this league, you have to play defense. But Russell Westbrook, Tom, there are certain members of the media that beat him up every day, part of the morning meeting, part of the morning meeting talking points. Hey, anybody got anything negative to say on Russ? Let's run with it. And it's fair because he's become an atrocious three-point shooter and late-game three-point shooter. And I don't know if Dan Tony can get the ball out of his hands in a couple of minutes left in the game. But, God, if you can't defer to James Harden, if you can't defer to the best modern-day scorer that I've personally seen since Michael Jordan, this is the moment for Russell Westbrook to go to Houston, play with Harden, go baseline to baseline, the most aggressive dunks I've ever seen, score 25 a night, go after the triple-double. But with six minutes to go, just look at your coach. Your coach is going to say, don't shoot unless you're wide open. Don't force anything. Get the ball to James or get to the foul line, Russ. If Westbrook can do that, Tom, I think Houston's got a really good chance, and how dare I say it, to win a championship with those two. Some great players can adjust their game as they age, and some can't, and that'll be the question for the 2019-2020 season. And that'll be, can Russell Westbrook change his game just this much in order to put that team over the top. You know, the real winners here are NBA fans west of the Mississippi, 
Yes. In the mountain and Pacific time zone. And in east of the Mississippi, the real losers are Eastern Conference fans who only really get to see any of these teams play uh, when they're awake, when those teams are in town playing their teams. So uh, I think that um, I think that that's who the real losers are in general, in a macro sense, are NBA fans who live on the East Coast unless there unless there's a West Coast team in town. Yeah, I don't think it's that dark as you're saying with Jimmy Butler going to Miami, Philly's roster, Boston's roster, Milwaukee, and what they have is the best team last year in the regular season. But the haves and have-nots. Uh, just got a little bit more aggressive. There's been a couple of new homes built on the beach in Malibu because of these deals. And I want to wrap it up with this. And I think this is a great topic for a future podcast that we can do with other sports. But I don't know what a contract is anymore. I really don't. Because in the NFL, you can get cut at any moment. Yeah, you get doesn't your, mean you anything. Get, yep. you, you get your signing bonus, which does mean a lot. Let me stop you for a second. When you get a signing bonus, okay, you're Derek Carr, you're Matthew Stafford, you're Matt Ryan, and all of a sudden, boom, you sign a new contract extension and they give you, you know, $30 million up front. Khalil Mack got $60 million up front just to sign his name in a $90 million deal. So remember, those guys get paid up front with their bonuses, and it's their job to save that money, invest it, and do the right thing. But in the NBA, what the hell's going on? You could be under contract and go, I don't want to play here. Yep. I want out now. I want to play for my buddy who is who I was just on a banana boat behind a yacht off the Amalfi Coast in Italy. We had a couple of bottles of Dom. Our girlfriends and wives got along together. So I don't want to live up to this contract. I, I insist that you trade me to a super team. And I had Shaquille O'Neal, and he brought it up more so than I did. He talked about he did not want to play. He said at the end of his career, he could have teamed up with Stockton and Malone. He could have went with other players around the league. He could have played with anybody he wanted. He's the big diesel, the brand, the face of the NBA. And he said, no, JT, I wanted to compete against those guys. I wanted to beat them. And that's the same thing Michael Jordan said on record a thousand times. Bird magic, as you know, go on speaking tours together and get paid six figures each to talk about how they didn't want to play with each other and they wanted to beat each other's brains out. And now it's all gone. My sons who are 18 and 16 will never see what we saw as kids where a guy got drafted. He played for a team. He couldn't win, but he wanted to stay there and get better and hopefully add players and do it for that city that had his back. Now everybody's bailing on everybody. A contract isn't worth the ink that's on the paper. And I'm concerned about that. And Adam Silver better be concerned about that going forward because he's a commissioner. He's a player's commissioner. But I think the players now are getting extreme control. And I think the owners are going to bounce back the next time they bargain. Yeah, in the NFL, the contract means nothing because the owner's word means nothing. And the NBA, it's the other way around where players can now say, ah, I don't want to play here anymore. And then everyone tries to serve them whatever they want and let them go wherever they, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. One quick note, when you did have Shaq in studio, when he said he didn't want to do that, did you look him straight in the eye and say, Shaq, you're full of shit. You went to Cleveland to play with LeBron, but you got hurt and tore your Achilles. Did you say that to him? Well, first off, Shaq was never bigger and stronger. He was wearing sunglasses. I asked Shaq to look at my son 
mm-hmm. you go back and you can find it. I said, Shaq, do me a favor. Look at my son. And he goes, I don't have to look at him. Good dude. He went to Bishop Gorman High School. Now yes. he's going to Oklahoma this fall. I please tell your son, look at him and please give him the right advice. I'm not going to look at him because he, he can see me. He's looking right at me like I was ready to boss Shaq around. I'll never do that. <laughs> I know. Which, which was very interesting. You can check that out. But uh, look, guys over the years, Carl Malone wanted to play for free. For the Lakers is last year. What did he play for? Like eight bucks? Right. He yes. Money to try. So there have been some guys who have done it, but right. some of the big three or the champs that we've seen, Jordan, Bird, and Magic, who a lot of people referred to, those guys wouldn't have done it. And I just hope we get to the point again. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm pretty good in sports at predicting the future or understanding the magnitude of what just happened. I think the the blowback in Oklahoma City from their fans, if their fans, like Clay Bennett, the owner, if they're not offered a 50% discount, not 10%, not a bobblehead, not a beach towel, but to say, before you give us your money for season tickets, we're going to give you 50% off because we don't have a team. If that doesn't <laughs> happen and they're charging full price, I think you're going to see a mini fan revolt that could spread around this league because oh, Tom so would... you want people to put a bag over their head of walk out in the third quarter. No, I don't support that. But I think <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't buy tickets at all, my son's going to Oklahoma for college here in a few weeks. And it's the best thing that ever happened to him. Let me tell you why he's not a Oklahoma city fan, but right. he's going to be 25 minutes away from the arena. And he's going to see every great player in the league come through Oklahoma city at a discount. In Chesapeake Energy Arena yep. for probably 10 bucks to sit in the lower bowl. Yep. Because what Oklahoma City fans going to want to go see their players? Remember when it used to be like that with the Clippers? We'll end it on that. The Clippers. Oh, they used to advertise that LeBron yes. James is coming to town. They would advertise Michael Jordan's coming to town. Yeah, they would advertise the other team stars that were coming to town as they tried to sell you Clipper tickets. And you're right. It's a great point. The Oklahoma City Thunder, while your son's living there, are going to have cheap tickets available as they advertise that James Harden is coming to town, and <laughs> that Kawhi Leonard's coming to town, and LeBron James is coming to town. And I need to stick up for the players here because there's this cliche in bar rooms, on bar stools, in podcasts, in talk radio shows, talk radio in sports talk television, sports talk radio. And that is the one, especially with the callers. They only care about the money. These players only care about the money. Now we're complaining that they don't care about the money. They just want to win. Well, which is it? Well, Looney and I remember, as you said beautifully there, when the LA Times would have advertising for the Clippers come by a three-game package to see Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, and whoever other player, Dwayne Wade, they're coming to town. Come see them because our team sucks. The Clippers now have an opportunity to be king. The best rivalry in the NBA, no debate, is Clippers-Lakers going forward. And from immediate perspective, keep listening to this podcast because you're going to hear so much L.A. talk nationally from the talking heads on TV and radio that you're going to want to come to this podcast for some sanity. Tom, we'll do it again. It's great. We thank everybody for sharing this podcast, rating the podcast, downloading the JT and Looney podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get 
your podcast. And please spread the word. We're building the podcast up. We're staying together as a brand on this podcast. And great things are happening. Thanks for listening. By the way, that's typical Shaq. Uh, Shaq's, you know, Shaq is always, when I watched him, he never treated the guy who handed him the towels any different than he treated Phil Jackson or his teammates or the media. He does treat everyone equally. He's a true egalitarian. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just impressed. He, he's just, he's a man of the people, no doubt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.